All set for your flight? Yep, I've got everything I need. Eye mask, neck pillow, T-Mobile, headphones. Wait, T-Mobile? You bet. Free in-flight Wi-Fi. 15% off all Hilton brands. I never go anywhere without T-Mobile. Same goes from a water bottle, chewing gum, nail clippers, okay, passport. Okay, I'm gonna leave you to it. Find out how you can experience travel better at T-Mobile.com slash travel. Qualifying plan required. Wi-Fi were available on select U.S. airlines. Deposit and Hilton Honors membership required for 15% discount. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance here on ESPN Radio. ESPN2, all of our great ESPN stations across the country. Sirius XM Channel 80, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Oh, well done by Joe Vonte. Little Leah RIP back and forth here. Like it to start the morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning, Ev. How could you not have a good morning when you came off with Aaliyah, right? Oh, that's great. Oh, it's well, awesome. I, I experienced something right just now. I've never seen this before. Uh, do women normally trade earrings? Is that what happens? <laughs> I'm just throwing this out there, Smalls. Why not? Smalls just made a deal. I don't know when the earring trade deadline is, CC, but she just made an earring trade with Anita in hair and makeup, where all of a sudden, two seconds before, Anita's running in here and says, okay, here, what did you give Anita for those earrings? Nothing. Just, oh, wow. Player to be earring to be named later? Yeah, she did a pony today. <laughs> Anita always on the on the hair, uh, doing an excellent job. She's an artist of the highest degree. And uh, the ponytail needs a little something. It needs the earrings. And I forgot mine at home, so Anita so generously lent me hers, so I We'll be putting them on. You'll see them next segment. Oh, okay. All right. So what I don't understand, Ev, is why you putting Smalls on blast, though. Oh, I'm not putting. Thank you. I just have never seen it. Did everybody in the audience and everybody watching on on television need to know that? I'm I'm just curious. I I didn't. You know what? Let Smalls do her thing. Let her present her her looks for the day. And that's look spelled L-E-W-K. Let her do her thing. (laughs) and, And let's not put anybody on blast. Like, who needs to know how she how she feng shui's this thing? A look for the day, L-E-W-K. Yeah, some of us, Evan, need more than just a hoodie and a bummer every day. We need the accessories <laughs> exactly. to match. Who are you talking about specifically? <laughs> All right, anyway, uh, the reason that Jovante played back and forth, I, I don't even know what happened yesterday <laughs> in and around the NBA. And it's not even, it's, it's literally not even a basketball story anymore. It's like a family affair, what's happened here. So let's walk through just the craziness that occurred yesterday in and around the NBA. So first, the piece of audio came out. Doc Rivers, head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, was a guest on Sirius XM NBA Radio and had this to say about the idea of the Bucks firing his predecessor, Adrian Griffin. Personally, I, you know, I, I'll be honest. I, I told our owners uh, when they called, I said, I think you, I don't understand why you're doing this. You know, um, and they said, you know, one of the things they said was, well, it doesn't matter. We're, we've done it now, and um, we, we we want you. And, and so that was a tough one. I didn't. I, that was that's where you had the hesitation. Okay, so he's first saying that uh, when when the ownership group, governorship group in Milwaukee, called him about this when he was a consultant about firing Adrian Griffin, he said, "Why would you do this?" Okay, to which prompts JJ Redick, ESPN NBA analyst, to go on first take yesterday with Stephen A. Smith, Motley Karam, and uh, Shannon Sharp, and have this to say about his former coach in LA, Doc Rivers. I, I've seen the trend now. I've seen the trend for years. What's the trend? The trend is always making excuses. Get Doc, we get it. Taking over a team in the middle of the season is hard. It's hard. We get it. 
Just like getting traded in the middle season is hard for a player. We get it. Mm -hmm. But it's always an excuse. It's always throwing your team under the bus. They lose to Memphis. Oh, it's his players. Memphis was playing G League guys and two-way guys. And then you look at his quotes over the weekend. Now he wants to take credit for the James Harden trade to the Clippers working out. He wants credit for that. There's just no <laughs> there's never accountability with that guy. Pretty strong statements. Oh, by the way, Doc Rivers, our former teammate here at ESPN, his son, Austin Rivers, former NBA player, uh, who's been on our show multiple times, then was on NBA Today at 3 p.m. Eastern time yesterday and had this to say on ESPN. First off, I don't feel responsible to take off for my dad. He's a grown man. He could do his own thing. Uh, but in this regard, I just simply don't agree with it. Um, for someone who's not accountable, he seems to always be held responsible, considering he's the guy that's always fired when things don't go right. <laughs> he got fired in the bubble. Uh, for a 3-1 lead versus the Denver Nuggets, which in half his team didn't want to be there. They had players saying that their mind wasn't there. He had guys leave. That happened. Then he gets fired for losing to a team that was favored over him, which was the Celtics last year. It seems like he's always responsible. It's just it's strange coming from J.J. And I have some love for J.J. You're my dookie. You know that. You're my bro. I love you. <laughs> it's just your best years were with the Clippers. I don't think he saved your career. I appreciate you, Pat. But this just seems a little bit weird. They're, they're 3-7. and seven. Dame's missed most of those games. Middleton's missed a lot of those games. They haven't even had their full team yet. We'll see what happens. The pressure is there. They do have to perform. But in terms of accountability, like what, what are we doing here? Your best years in the NBA were when you played for him in the Clippers. Let's not forget that. I don't know if there's like frustration there or there's tension there between you. I know a lot of times we had to sit you towards the end of the game due to defensive reasons, but you had your best years as a starter there, especially our whole system was drafted around you because you're a shooter. You're not a guy who could put the ball on the floor. You were a strictly shoot guy. You're not like Clay Thompson or Steph who could put the ball on the floor. You were a guy who could catch and shoot, and you did it at a high level. Hell of a career, by the way. Big fan. But your best years were under him. It's just very ironic and kind of weird that you have this energy towards him in terms of him never, ever being accountable, considering he's always been responsible. All right. As if the father-son inter-ESPN drama wasn't enough, let's just, let's just get the said, the unsaid said. When Doc Rivers went to Milwaukee, his replacement on the broadcast with Mike Breen and Doris Burke is going to be J.J. Redick. Mm-hmm. So I just want to make sure that everything that theoretically is unsaid is said. Yeah. Okay. What do we think about this, guys? <laughs> Lot to unpack. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say Austin Rivers one, JJ Redick zero. Okay. Because the fact of the matter is that Doc Rivers was fired when his teams underwhelmed, underperformed. It's not his fault that he keeps getting jobs because if anybody is offered an opportunity to coach Giannis and Dame, and oh by the way, get ten million a year for the next four years, why would you turn that down? Like, I mean, don't blame Doc Rivers. Blame his agent. Blame the Milwaukee Bucks front office and ownership. It's not, their, it's not his fault that that group decided to offer him another opportunity. And here's the thing that I absolutely cannot stand. The false equivalence with J.J. Redick and players being traded in the middle of the season versus a coach stepping in in the middle of the season before the All-Star break and being asked to salvage the season or being asked to pull up out of a nosedive that Milwaukee was spiraling towards. I don't understand that aspect of it. When you're traded in the middle of a season as a player, you're asked to fit a very specific role in a specific scheme. When you take over in the middle of the season as a head coach, you not only have to figure out what the previous head coach was doing, but you then have to adapt your system the way you like to do things to the personnel that you're being asked to coach, and you have to take a very macro view of things. So it's it's a completely different learning curve that Doc Rivers is going to be forced to adjust to. And I, I just don't appreciate within all of the discourse, all of the rhetoric, J.J. Redick trying to make that false equivalence in that aspect. It just doesn't make any sense. 
I don't understand, though, why Doc Rivers is coming out and saying that he was confused why they were firing Adrian Griffin. Like, I don't know at this point in the process how that is helpful to have that retrospective or to to go back and say that you felt that in the moment. How is that going to help your team come together and how is that going to help you moving forward? It just seems to me like when he's doing these interviews or when he's talking, he's giving us in the media a lot of these headlines he's giving us reason to question him and to question what's happening in Milwaukee because of some of the things that he's saying and I don't know if that's beneficial for him or for the team one of my other takeaways with all of this is retroactively thinking about Lob City Clippers and how dysfunctional that family was Mm. I mean Mm. we know about the horrors with governorship at the time Mm -hmm. right in terms of of Donald Sterling and the disgusting nature in which in which he went about his business and life we know that part of it hold on let's put a pin right there though Ev do we give Doc Rivers credit for being able to stabilize the franchise as they're going through that transition I don't Uh, I think that that's one of those things that we have to acknowledge now listen we we criticize Doc Rivers, and no one is a bigger Doc Rivers detractor than I am. I, I just don't believe in his ability to be able to coach. I, I don't. But, but I will say this, in being able to manage that aspect of thing with something so racially charged and, and knowing where the NBA was and where that franchise was, yeah. do we give Doc Rivers credit for being a, a, a good face for the L.A. Clippers while they were going through that? And this, it's a great question, CeCe, and this is why this this conversation is is layered and nuanced because when CeCe says he's not a fan of Doc Rivers, he's talking about during the 48 minutes of a basketball game. If I said yes. you need a president of a business, you may say, hey, Doc, can you come in here? I, I know how you can handle interpersonal situations. I'm interested in talking to you about this, which is what he did then. But this has gotten so personal. I mean, Kendrick Perkins put it out there, another ESPN NBA analyst, that like it feels personal with J.J. Redick, which maybe it is, and we don't know all the information on this. But yesterday, like we had two great analysts in J.J. Redick and Austin Rivers going back and forth about Doc Rivers, a head coach and a former ESPN teammate, that is the, as personal as you can get. It's someone's dad versus someone who you worked for. And I believe that there's so much more to this than we actually know. And they're they're referencing back to the time when they were together in L.A. with the Clippers, which Chris Paul was there, DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin. There was just a lot of stuff around that. And I think this is way more about two people than it is about anything in terms of basketball usage. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think this is about, oh, you put me in the wrong position. I don't fit with you here. I think that this is, this is crazy personal is how I took this yesterday. And, and there may be a reason for it. We don't know the reason for it. I, I don't know that the Milwaukee Bucks right now have any other choice, and it's not their choice but to win a championship for this to work. Like, I don't think you can get to the finals for this to be considered a success, no. the Eastern Conference finals. I think this is as much pressure as any team in sports right now has. And in that market, and I lived there in, in the state of Wisconsin, if David Bakhtiari gets cut by the Packers today, they care more about that than they do about what's going on with the Bucks. Like, that's just the nature of the market. But my God, like, the only way out of this is to win. Like, you, ha- the only way to shut everyone up is to win, and not just win enough to be a two-seed, win it all. There's no other way out of this in my mind. Yeah, but how are you going to win if you can't sell the players on the importance of being able to play on the defensive side of the court? (laughs) That's going to be a a tough one. (laughs) How how are you going to win when your two superstars are still trying to figure out how to coexist with one another? And they're still in this mode of deference 
and, and not necessarily playing free flowing basketball like that. Those are the challenges that Doc Rivers is facing. And again, being parachuted in in the middle of the season doesn't help anything. Dealing with guys in and out of the lineup through your first dozen or so odd games doesn't help anything. So I, I'm just trying to figure out when when we actually need to sound the alarm for what's going on with the Milwaukee Bucks because. People that are on the opposite end of this conversation will say, well, they're still a, a top six team in the Eastern Conference. They still have two top 15 players in the world. They'll figure it out. This is around the time of the schedule where stars start to take the regular season seriously. I just want to know when it's okay to panic. I mean, if firing the head coach when you have the second best record in the conference before the All-Star break isn't the time to panic, isn't the time to sound the alarm, when is it okay to panic about what we're seeing from the Milwaukee Bucks? Because I feel like this is the time now. After the Doc Rivers comments yesterday, when he was questioning what the hell ownership was doing, and you could sense him walking it back a little bit in terms of how he framed it, but when he's questioning what the hell ownership is doing before he steps into the job, I, I just I don't know that that's going to lend itself to being able to have success. So when is it okay to panic about what's going on in Milwaukee? It feels like now. Now feels like the time to panic, right? Probably the playoffs, but I agree with you. It feels like it's time to panic it right now. But I, like I just I agree. Very, very quickly. Yes or no? Does Doc Rivers regret taking this job? No. Why would you regret getting $40 million coming <laughs> yeah. to you? No, he's getting paid a lot of money, and he's got a All lot right. of talent. All right. Well, there, 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 he could always go back to TV. He could always come back home and come to TV if he wants well, to. Well, now that would be, <laughs> right. that would be right. an interesting booth. Keep the booth. light off of Doc. <laughs> That'd be an interesting booth. We add a fourth member to it. Hey, JJ. And Doris and Mike Breen, Doc's going to sit next to you. Doc oh, and JJ right next that'd to each great. other. That'd be great. <laughs> that'd be great. Coming up, something that everyone has asked for is coming true. But is it the right way of going about it? We'll get to it next. It's Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine. Especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups and sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up and power your buys and tries the right way or de-stress with some cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. 
The 12-team college football playoff will now comprise the five conference champs and seven at-large selections. Notre Dame could conceivably be the number one team in the country on selection day, and it can't be seated higher than number five because it would fall behind those four conference champions. There are still flaws with the system. Seven at-larges is a very good day. So overall, criticism, yes. Celebration, yes. Good day for college football. Good day for college football yesterday. Or was it? We are on Sportsman Life, presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. So we've all been waiting for this, right? A college football playoff and the official announcement as to what is next. So here's what they announced yesterday. This is for the 24 and 25 season. It's a 5-7 format. Why do I say it that way? Because it was going to be a 6-6 format, but the Pac-12 is no longer the Pac-12. What does that mean? The top five conference champs will make the college football playoff seven at-large teams. The four highest-ranked conference champs will be seated one through four with a first-round bye. The other eight teams will then be an attorney-style you know, playing each other. The first round will be on campus. So the higher-ranked seed will then host games December 20th and 21st. Then you'll have the quarterfinals on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. That'll be the Fiesta Peach Rose Sugar. Then the semifinals will be January 9th. This is now of 25. That's the orange and cotton for this year. And then the title game is going to be all the way deep into January, January 20th in Atlanta. So the holes, guys, that people are poking in this would be we're not guaranteed the top four teams in America to be the top four seeds in this. Mm -hmm. And I understand everybody loves this, but one would think that maybe we would just have ranked one through four. CC Smalls, maybe I'm reading this incorrectly. That would be the biggest hole that I'd poke in this. Yeah, but what about the reward for being able to win your conference, especially Mm -hmm. if you're a Big 12 champion. I mean, not, not a Big 12, Big 10 champion, or you're an SEC champion. See, I think that's the aspect where the committee gets it right. Now, where you have uh, a little bit of a glitch in the matrix is when you have a team like Notre Dame, who's independent, if they are the highest-ranked team, say they're number one in the country, they can't finish better than fifth based on the current format, which means that they would have to play in the first round as opposed to getting a first-round bye like the other conference winners. So I think that's the part where it gets a little bit tricky But overall, I mean, I'm for this. I think this is great in terms of being able to expand the playoffs and and rope in 12 teams and allow them to go through several weeks in order to try to try to win a title. I I love the idea of bringing in more teams and and actually having, I guess, more opportunities for programs to have a say in who holds up the national championship trophy. Yeah, I do too. I love this. I love that we have more teams that are going to be able to punch their ticket to the dance, so to speak. And I actually love this setup because with the ever-changing landscape of college football, while more teams are joining conferences, it simultaneously feels like there's been an erosion of the brand of said conferences. It doesn't look the same as it once was. It doesn't feel the same because you have all of these teams playing musical chairs and joining these, these conferences while they can. So the fact that a conference champion will matter that there will still be some importance to winning your conference and that you will be rewarded for that, I think is a good thing for brand management for these conferences. The one argument I would have against the conference championship thing, and I felt this way for years, 
And I know they're not going to eliminate it from a money perspective, but why have the conference title game after the regular season then? Because you could get potentially an upset in that title game where you have, let's say, on one side of the bracket an undefeated team and the other side of your – like, give me any conference you want, right? Pick one side. SEC East has an undefeated team, number one ranked team in the country – SEC West has a two-loss team but wins the SEC West, and that two-loss team upsets the the undefeated team by one point. That undefeated team is now a one-loss team. They don't technically win their conference, and they can't be a top-four seed. Yet they'll probably be ranked second, third, or fourth in America. You mean like Georgia this year? Yeah. I mean, oh, that's a good Yeah, yeah. I could have done it that way. Thank you, Smalls. Um, back to you. An, un- an undefeated number one team who lost in the SEC championship game and then didn't make the playoff? Yeah. Right. I mean, and... I don't know that that was right necessarily. But it caused conversation. Yeah, yeah, it did cause conversation, especially when Georgia blew the doors off Florida State. But I guess that's the whole point of being able to have a 12-team playoff, right? Because you don't have to worry about that. Now when you have these juggernaut conferences, especially the SEC and the Big Ten, you can have multiple teams get in. Like based on where the seating was last year, what, the the Big Ten would have had, what, three teams in? I mean, Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. So, I mean, in the SEC would have had, what, three teams in, Alabama, Georgia, and Missouri. So, I mean, it just seems like that makes – I mean, four teams in, excuse me, Ole Miss as well. So, I mean, that, that makes sense to go to that type of format so that you can have more of those at-large bids and you can filter out the best teams in the country and have them be a part of it. And the other thing is this. I think having the committee being able to put context around the resumes of all of these teams that are vying for a spot in the playoff is important, especially when you expand it. Because when we start talking about the select group, when it was just four teams, I think it's it's less ambiguous. But now that you've opened it up to this many teams, I think it becomes a little more difficult in terms of which teams you want to pull into the playoff, which teams are deserving of a spot. And so having the committee – it actually functions as as something that that that's more necessary with this format as opposed to the previous format. So I'm all for it. It's not perfect, but I think it's by far better than what we've had in the past. Cece, let me just go back to something you said here because the Notre Dame piece is interesting. Do we feel like this is college football basically saying to Notre Dame, we are now moving forward going to penalize you if you're not going to join a conference? Like you're not going to have the same access to top seeding as if you were to join a conference. It feels like it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It feels like it, doesn't it? I mean, I they mean would that's have the to, main hole they would have talking, to, yeah. They would have to win four games, essentially, to win a national title. I mean, that, that, that's a huge difference, isn't it? Yes. It's a huge difference. I mean, you know, being one of 12 as opposed to, what is it, one of eight or something like that? I, I think that's a huge, that's a huge advantage. So... Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that one. It feels like it is somewhat of a penalty against Notre Dame. But, I mean, Notre Dame wants to operate as an independent. They want the flexibility with the scheduling. And more importantly, they don't want to have to share revenue with other teams, other conference members. So, I mean, I guess it's a matter of, you know, what's the priority for that institution. But, I mean, if, if you're college football, and I mean, if you're a fan of the game, then you've got to love this current format, even though it might slight Notre Dame in any given year based on where they're at in the overall rankings. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, your telephone number to join the show here on Unsportsmanlike. Did they get it right? A 5-plus-7 model, a 12-team playoff. It is possible the number one team in the nation may not have the number one seed for the playoff 
did they get it right? Is this what you as a sports fan, as a college football fan, were looking for? 888-SAY-ESPN. I can tell you what you're looking for if you own a home and you've got a, a lawn, you've got a yard, and that is True Green. Shout out to Alan Alyssa from True Green. Had a chance to talk to them the other day. I've been a True Green customer for a few years now. And if you're ready to elevate your lawn game without breaking the bank, True Green is your spot. True Green has been the trusted choice for over 2 million homeowners for over 50 years. Visit TrueGreen.com today and discover the easiest and affordable way to achieve a pro-level lawn guaranteed. All basically you have to do is is mow and water your lawn. They're going to take care of everything else. Visit TrueGreen.com today and discover the easiest and affordable way to achieve that lawn. Plus, enjoy TrueGreen's verified price matching, ensuring you get the best lawn for your best price out there. Visit TrueGreen.com and transform your lawn effortlessly. That's TrueGreen.com. Your dream lawn is just around the corner. Can you remember the last time you had fun on a bike ride? Electric e-bikes, the number one seller of e-bikes in America, is here to bring fun and joy back to biking. Their riders routinely say they feel like kids again riding these bikes. And one even said, I'm a 46-year-old man, and I can honestly say I haven't had this much fun on a bike since I was 10 years old. These e-bikes from Electric are fast. They're up to 28 miles per hour. They offer lightweight and foldable e-bikes, so you can easily take them on the go to explore national parks, campgrounds, and more. Even if you don't have a truck, trailer, or a bike rack, many of their models will fit in the trunk of a car. They also offer long-range batteries that provide over 65 miles of range so you can explore further and longer. Just head on over to electricebikes.com today and take their bike quiz to find a model that's perfect for your needs. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You know, the more you think about the college football playoff, as good as it may be, the more I keep coming back to what CC said about we do realize that if Notre Dame is number one in the country, they're not in a the conference, they'll be number five in the playoff rankings. They have to play an entire extra game with an extra week. Now, they get the gate because it's at home. I assume the home team gets the gate, and it's not like the college football playoff committee taking it uh, from people going to the games. But that is an insane disadvantage the more you think about it. Oh, there's no doubt. Uh, I mean, to have to to play another week of football that to, in order to get to the championship game that's that's a that's a disadvantage. But uh, I mean, there is going to be no perfect system because it's 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 always going to have its flaws. It's it's not going to be infallible because it's it's got human hands involved in it. But I, I guess I would say this: it's it's so much better than what we've had in the past that complaining about how unfair it could potentially be to Notre Dame pales in comparison to what the system was prior to, which is why it's a time to celebrate college football changing to this format. We've said it all before. The FCS level has done this forever. It's about time that they let the big boys play it out in an actual playoff scenario rather than this this four-team round-robin tournament. It just sounds ridiculous. So I'm glad the fact that we actually have a true playoff 
format where 12 teams are going to be involved and all of them are going to have something to say about who wins the national title. I can just see the CFP committee now kind of dunking on Notre Dame being like, well, this feels like a you problem. You know, you want to be independent. This is the price that you're going to have to pay. It feels like them almost exerting a little bit of power over Notre Dame, who's been able to take this path successfully for so long. Now they're saying, no, you either play by our rules or you're going to be at a disadvantage. No question. Chris in Delaware, listening on 97.3, joins us here on Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Yeah, good morning. I uh, I just wanted to say I, I think the system's great. I don't think it really penalizes Notre Dame from a standpoint of if you want to be in that top four anyway, you have to play a conference championship game. So that, in a sense, is your fourth playoff game where Notre Dame doesn't have that conference championship. So playing four games in the in the playoff for Notre Dame is no different than somebody having to play and win a championship game. I mean, maybe, but Notre Dame has been in a national championship. I mean, I sat there at the game they played against Alabama. Well, I don't think it was much of a game they played against Alabama. But when they were in the game against Alabama, like, it's not like they haven't gotten there before. I think CeCe's point is dead on. Like, there is a theoretical penalty for Notre Dame here. I mean, I don't don't know how we argue that against it because they're going to play more games than they would have otherwise. Ryan in Madison, listening on 100.5 FM ESPN Madison. What's up, Ryan? Hi, uh, I just wanted to continue on with what that gentleman from Delaware said that uh, basically in order to get into the final eight, they got to win a 13th game, the same as every conference champion that's going to get that top four seed. So uh, the fact they're playing four games isn't any different than, let's say, Ohio State winning uh, the conference championship game. That'd be their 13th game, and then they get three more. So I really don't think it's a disadvantage. If anything, they get an extra week off before their first game as a five seed. Yeah, that's all. Thank and, you. And that's an interesting way of looking at it. And thanks for the phone call. I mean, how do we look at that? So basically what he's saying is if you're Ohio, if you're Michigan last year, you're playing in a Big Ten title game, mm-hmm. that same week Notre Dame theoretically is off. Right. Yeah, but the quality of competition is different, though. That's why the argument doesn't hold any weight. You're talking about a Good team point. that's yeah. in the top 12 that qualifies for the playoffs versus somebody from the other side of the bracket within your own conference that might have two or three losses. How is that the same? It's not. It's a great point by you. It, it, like, ball game over. <laughs> like, because it, what, you're do, what you're saying is Notre Dame is guaranteed to play an elite team. You're not guaranteed to play an elite team across your conference in a conference championship game. You're guaranteed to play the top team in that division, but not an elite team. Not necessarily a top 12 no. team in America. No. Not a championship contender. No. No. Gabe I mean, and, if you go, no, sorry, if, go ahead. I mean, Ev, if you go back to 2021, I mean, in the ACC – Pittsburgh won the ACC as a two-loss team. See, that they would be, you know, what I'm saying in 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 the current for like in the format that they we're transitioning to, they would qualify for a first round bye. Whereas you're talking about Notre Dame, if they were, you know, a, a, a undefeated number one ranked team in the country by the AP poll, you're talking about them having to play on the first weekend where a, a two-loss Pittsburgh team wouldn't. That doesn't make any sense. Let's go there for a second. You just poked another hole in this, <laughs> right? Because if all – let's use that Pittsburgh example. They have two losses. They win the ACC. They're, they're a top four team guaranteed in this, mm-hmm. as I understand it. Am mm-hmm. I correct? Yeah. 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 If they, if well, they win the another, conference, they're a top four team. Right. That's another hole to poke in this. If you're not actually a top 12 team in America, yet somehow find a way to win your conference, and then you have a bye in the first round – 
But the fact that we can poke holes in this just tells you that it's going to be good for college football because the debate will rage on. That's part of what was great about the playoff is that there was, unfortunately, always a team that was going to be left on the outside looking in, which caused all of this debate, which means eyeballs on your product. Gabe in Virginia listening on Sirius XM 80. What's up, Gabe? Hey, good morning. Thanks for taking the call. I'm glad to see that the NCAA has taken a new approach to this, but it's still uh, it's still going to leave out the little man because it's always going to come down to the Power Five and the big colleges. I mean, like last year, Liberty went undefeated. What they get a bowl game? I mean, what part of this is going to fix something like that? So you've got an undefeated team like Liberty, and they're going to be in the same situation as Notre Dame because they are not quote unquote one of the big schools. Thanks for taking the call. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I don't care. I, I, I'm just going to be honest. Mm. Like, mm. if you're a mid-major and you're undefeated and you get left out, I'm sorry. That stinks. You're not as good as the third-ranked SEC team. You're just not. No. You're just not. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, the, the fourth-ranked SEC team is going to be in the NFL for the next decade. <laughs> You may have one or two guys in the NFL. It stinks. I get that. Maybe there should be a separation of the Power Five conferences and everybody else and have two different brackets all together. It comes off very elitist in terms of college football. I get it. You're just not as good. I'm sorry you're not. Yeah, but here's the thing that I like in terms of the 5-7 format. You you do have some allowance for a group of five champion to, to be, you know, to be in the mix and to have a bid. So I think that's... That's the cool part about this. Like, the group of five is not completely left out of the college football playoff format. Like, there is an automatic bid, so to speak, for them as well. And I think that's important, right? Because in any given year, you're going to have those teams that are that are the outliers like the AAC or Conference USA, and you're wondering, okay, do they have a seat at the table? Is, is there an opportunity for them to get into the playoff and prove that they are one of the best teams? And so I think that aspect of it, is cool in terms of providing some level of fairness um, in the college football landscape. Okay, but you're right. But if the group of five team is the eighth or 12th ranked school and they're playing the fifth ranked school, guess which game is the least interesting to me? That one. That one. <laughs> guess, guess which bowl game, I guarantee the bowl games, are going are gonna to fight for not that game. They're going to say, please, <laughs> please don't give us that game because they would rather have the big name brand school and their alumni base and all the ticket sales that go along with their football program forever joining that bowl game on December 20th and 21st. And unfortunately, we as consumers would, too. Yeah, of course we would. And like maybe the three of us aren't the best to say uh, to comment on this because Illinois, Wisconsin, and Virginia together for the three of us in terms of our three universities that we went to. So we all come from big schools. CC obviously played. We rooted our team along. That's right. But like, I'm sorry. Like the mid-major is not as sexy as the major. It's just the reality. All right. Today is Wednesday. You know what that means? ESPN personality. Draft. We are going to get to that coming up. CCT's what it was yesterday. <laughs> survivor. ESPN personality survivor. Next on Unsportsmanlike. If you're on the course, you know that golf gets so much harder when you're not comfortable. Elevate your game with the Task Performance Clubhouse Collection made with highly technical fabric blends created exclusively for the Task brand. Amazingly soft, lightweight, breathable, durable, and versatile. Task garments keep you fresh and comfortable all day on the course, in the office, 
or for travel. Task has harnessed the performance attributes of natural materials to deliver better apparel, made better, and for better experiences. The Clubhouse collection features polos, shorts, pants, and layering pieces in a wide variety of colors and patterns. Task's Clubhouse collection will have you turning heads on and off the green. The perfect mix of casual and active pieces. The Clubhouse Collection elevates the golf classics through innovative and functional fabrics and design. It's time to step up your game with golf attire that truly makes a difference. Check out Better Now at TaskPerformance.com. Use code SPORTS to get 20% off. That's code SPORTS at TASCPerformance.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know we're big fans of BetterHelp in all the ways it can help people with their mental health. And this year has gone quickly. And so I'd like you to think about something that you're proud of in 2024 so far. Think about what you would be proud of. What's something you still want to accomplish this year? And when life goes fast, it's important to take a moment to celebrate those wins. And therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months, for the rest of the year, so you can look back on the rest of the year the way that you have this past year to know that it went the way that you wanted. And therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I urge you, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So take a moment for you. Take a moment. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Whose Super Bowl party would you like to attend? Let's party! Who would you let babysit your kids? We're just going to play with matches, run with scissors. Or, oh yeah, who would you enjoy some pumpkin pie with? It's another edition of the ESPN Personality Draft on Unsportsmanlike. Wow! Mel Kuyper Jr. Wow. I, don't, I almost don't even want to do this now. I just want to live and and in that moment. That's really cool. That's really <laughs> cool. I mean, all, we, all we can do is ruin this. This stinks. Now, that we, was too good. That was too good. I'm no, out. You guys, we have like Doc Rivers type pressure on us to make this the best segment ever now <sighs> that Mel Kuyper is voicing the intro. Well, we're not, not going to have a family fight no like, like what's going on around <laughs> there. All right. So here's what we do each and every Wednesday. We do our ESPN personalities draft. We pitch a, pick a topic, excuse me, and draft ESPN personalities. Now, the evolution of this topic is a fascinating one. Somehow yesterday on our show, if you can go back and listen to our podcast, wherever podcasts are found. Uh, Nuno, our producer, thought Smalls was an outdoors person. And and Cece and I were kind of incredulous as to, like, where are you getting this information? To a point that Cece said, if you're outdoors on a yacht in the Hamptons, does that make you an outdoor person? (laughs) (laughs) You're outdoors. Well, yes. And then Cece said, (laughs) it's not Survivor. Ding, ding, ding. So today, we do ESPN personalities as if they were on Survivor. 
right? Mm. The Survivor, yeah, the TV show. Yes. Now, Not like the Survivor pool in football. I need a clarification, though, because oh, I have that? my prospects. I have my big board here. Is it who we think would win Survivor or who we would like to be part of a Survivor team with? I took it as if we were on Survivor and theoretically we were teammates with this person, like to help us survive. Okay. Mm. So I was thinking you could go the opposite way as well, Michelle, because I think you want a <laughs> you want to set some like your third choice might be the weakest person there. So if things go sideways, you know they're going to be, you know, they're going to have meet their <laughs> untimely demise. It's good we're figuring this out now, guys. <laughs> Well, Nuno's strategy is a lot different than what I thought. I never went to where Nuno just went. Well, I kind of thought of it as we were all stranded together, and these three people would help us get off that island. That's what I thought. Okay. Okay. All right, Smalls, what's the order today? Okay, so we're going to do a snake draft, as always. Do you want me to go first? I'm asking you, what's the order? You can choose the order. Okay, I will go first. Now, I need all three of these people in order for us to get off the island. Like, everyone has their specific role. Okay. So I don't know which one to pick first, because if one of you guys takes one of these people, I'm not getting off the island. I'm stuck. Okay. Okay, so I think I'm going to go with who I think is the most valuable of the three, and I'll explain why. My first overall pick to get off the island on ESPN Survivor Power Rankings is Adam Schefter. Adam Adam Schefter (laughs) is going to be able to get us off the island for two reasons. One, he's going to have a cell phone on him. Even if we are on a plane and the plane goes down, Schefter always has a spare cell phone somehow duct taped to his body in case there's breaking news or he needs to get some info. Schefter will have a cell phone and probably a hotspot and be able to figure out a way to let the people on the mainland know that we need help. Also, he's really good at getting info, so I figure he will find some way, even if we're waiting for those people, to get info on how to survive. Yeah, I don't know that you can bring a cell phone to Survivor, but okay. He will find a way. Uh, okay. Shepard will find a way to get somehow be in communication. All right, second pick. I don't hate it. Who goes second, Smalls? You're determining the order today. Cece, go second. Okay, so it's easy for me. It's Shannon Sharp. I hadn't used him yet. Oh, I got to wow. put Unk on this one. Wow. Absolutely physical fitness freak. <laughs> and so Unk is definitely going to help me figure out any challenge, any challenge that we're going to be faced with. I think between the two of us, we'll be able to manage it. So Shannon Sharp would be my first pick off the board for ESPN Survivor. Well, when you're thinking, that's a great one. When you're thinking about Survivor, you're thinking about the outdoorsman, somebody that knows what they're doing outdoors. My first pick is an easy one. Harry Douglas. Good one. Yeah. Harry Douglas prides himself in that outdoorsman role. So my first pick is Harry Douglas. Well, you hear 3P to 7P Eastern with uh, Freddie Coleman every day here on ESPN Radio. My second pick, the guy's in phenomenal shape, outdoor, hiking, running, does broadcasts all over the world for tennis after the college football season, Chris Fowler. Good one. Chris Fowler, second pick in my Survivor Draft. CC, you're up. Okay, my second pick for my Survivor Draft, NBA Today host, Malika Andrews. Malika would be phenomenal in terms of being the brains of the operation with Mm -hmm. Survivor. I'm not the brightest light bulb in the batch, and so I need somebody there that can balance out the brawn. Malika Andrews would be perfect. And listen, if she could direct traffic and not be distracted by Richard Jefferson unbuttoning (laughs) half the buttons on his shirt, then I'm pretty sure that Malika Andrews would be great under pressure in any Survivor challenge. So Malika Andrews, my second pick 
in ESPN Survivor. I just want to reset something here if I could. CC's second pick is he is equating surviving Richard Jefferson's chest to surviving on an island. It's not easy. <laughs> Got it's it. not easy. He's Got saying it. she's steady. <laughs> not easy. She's steady. Oh, she's amazing. I watch her show every day at 3 p.m. Yeah. Eastern on yeah, ESPN. Yeah, she's great. But that's a, that's a smart thought <laughs> what, what reasoning on that? She's steady. Okay, so I have the next two picks then, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm thrilled because you guys didn't take my final two picks here. All right, so Adam Schefter is on the island with us because he is somehow going to have communication to get us off the island. Next up is Dan Orlovsky because I'm pretty sure he doesn't have taste buds, so he will be able to eat whatever is on the island to sustain himself to be strong enough when all the rest of us get weak. He can still be out there eating whatever's left on the island so that when help does come, he's ready to get us there. Or maybe carry me to safety. I'm not trying to question your pick, but here was me questioning your pick. If that's your reasoning, the lack of taste buds. He's also a professional athlete. Right, but Hembo from Greeny, 10 until noon Eastern, literally says food is not for taste. It's just to be like filled up for your body nutritional. That was said on air. That's true. So wouldn't he be better for that category than Orlovsky? Right, but I'm also thinking strength here. And I think Dan Orlovsky, even though Hembo is a strong, tough guy, might have a better chance of building a, a place for us to stay, getting a boat out okay. of the water. Right. I mean, the guy played in the NFL. He can help out. Got it. Okay. My last pick is kind of along the same lines as CC, where he was thinking about Malik Andrews being steady. I know that if we go down in a plane crash and I'm on an island, I'm going to freak out. I am going to freak out because I'm not built to survive. So I need a coach on the scene to coach us all up and get us right mentally, which is why Rex Ryan is on Survivor Island with me. I actually think wow. Rex Ryan was on a reality show, wasn't he? Was it? I don't think it was Survivor. I think it was another. I think it's a great. It's like the Greatest Race or one of those. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I got to point something out. I'm sorry. Is she getting her shows confused? Why are we going down in a plane crash, God forbid? Because it's lost and you're on it's, an island. It's Survivor, not lost. But I'm just saying. <laughs> you have us. We don't need the plane <laughs> crash aspect of I'm this, God forbid. I'm just about surviving in general. I understand, but on the show Survivor, they bring people to the island. I've never they, seen they, it. Did you think it was a plane crash Michelle, for 30 you're years fine. in a row? Michelle, you're fine. didn't crash land people there. However you get, however you get to your list. No, no, no. Yes, it's because, fine. Yeah. I'm sorry. Even if we were on Survivor and they place us on the island, Schefter is going to smuggle a phone on I the island. It. I That's get it. That's a fair point. Cece. That's a fair point. So okay, so list. for my last pick, you know, I, I wanted somebody that was skilled. I also wanted somebody that was next level tough. And so I'm going with P.K. Subban. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is such a I good I mean, listen, pick. hand-eye foot coordination. But beyond that, hockey players are just a different level of tough. I mean, those guys get their teeth knocked out, nose broken, ribs broken, and they're still out there skating around on the ice. So I just feel like next-level tough P.K. Subban, not that far removed from being able to play. Like, I just, I, I think P.K. Subban will be a nice addition to round out my ESPN Survivor team. So P.K. Subban, my third pick for ESPN Survivor. Great one. All right, my final pick. Survivor, you're out there. People are turning on you. You never know where the next punch is coming from, basically, because weather, all kinds of different circumstances. You have to survive that, and you always have to defend yourself and your family, right? My third pick, Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers, <laughs> I, I feel like he has survived a lot over the last 24 hours or so. So I'm going Austin Rivers. Hey, you know what? He's dealt with a lot of different things coming at him recently. Austin Rivers. 
And didn't nice. didn't Arnold Schwarzenegger babysit him? So he's got some Terminator. And Dennis Rodman. And there Dennis Rodman. There you go. There you All go. right. So our pick. Smalls has Schefter, Orlovsky, and Rex Ryan. Canty has Shannon Sharp, Malika Andrews, and P.K. Subban. And I have Harry Douglas, Chris Fowler, and Austin Rivers. Top three Survivor candidates at ESPN. Nuno, Pat, all right. The reaction to this, they always have what to say. They do the post-game show. Go ahead. <laughs> I thought Canty was going to go with Daniel Cormier that he threw out there. Because if you're on an island and you need uh, hand-to-hand combat, like Cormier would have been a good pick. No, he would have been a great pick, but then I thought about hand-to-hand combat toward me, and I wasn't sure how that was going to work out. So, <laughs> you think you can beat P.K. Subban? Yeah, I'm, yeah. Just, I'm just saying. Well, I mean, listen, size has got to count for something. I'm, I'm 6'8", 350. He's six foot 200, so I feel like I'd be okay. Well, we're just not going to go on a plane anytime soon based on what Smalls is saying. We're unsportsmanlike. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.